politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, and property here on this July 6th, Thursday. It is the dead of summer. And uh, it might not feel like we're in a fight for our lives. Quiet summer, everyone's enjoying vacation time. Particularly this week is, is quite dead. But it's only dead if you have a fake conservative movement whose actions are defined exclusively by reacting to the left. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much going on except for the cocaine story in, in, in the White House. But if you are actually preparing every day the strategies, the leverage points on the issues that matter, pick the top 10 issues, pick the top 10 leverage points, state, federal, how do we affect change? Well, it's actually very busy. Congress is going to come back next week. There's a really, I don't know, like a two, three-week sprint until the August recess that's going to set up the Defense Authorization Act, the appropriations bills, the farm bill is going to come in September, several other reauthorization bills like FISA, the FISA courts, the pandemic reauthorization, right, PAPA. I mean, these are just federal. And then obviously all the state issues. We talked about South Dakota needing to have a special session. We have a rally in Pierre, the capital today, for the, on behalf of the landowners. There is so much going on on the playing field of actual discernible policy outcomes if you bother to show up. But if not, it's quiet. It's quiet. And today I want to talk about that dichotomy be- between determining your destiny based on what you see evidently, most prominently, not even subtly, but prominently from the left, versus actually achieving outcomes. And that's where DeSantis versus Trump comes in. Like I keep saying, it's not so much who's going to be president as an end to itself. It's what it represents. If someone really was focused on all the substance I am, really leveraging everything on on the, the tranny stuff and the vaccines and medical freedom and the border and the state, federal, you know, we, again, we have the farm bill, food security, land ownership, global warming stuff. I mean, the cost of living, cost of food. There's a lot going on. But then they're like, hey, you know, I, I really believe in Trump. I, I, I could understand that. I mean, I can't, but kind of understand it. But the problem is it's what it represents. It represents dulling the senses, dulling the hearts, dulling the minds, initiatives of our people that they just don't care about substance. So I'm going to bring on Ken Cuccinelli, who's obviously a big surrogate for DeSantis, to make the case against Trump. Um, But first, I want to kind of build it up. We'll talk about the DeSantis side of things and then move over to Trump. So, I mean, again, just yesterday, every day this man is doing things that no other Republican governor is doing. And the reason this is important is because you don't need to win an election to do this. I mean, assuming the Republican Party would be decent. Obviously, now we have to win primaries, but Trump is endorsing rhinos in primaries. But the point is Republicans have trifecta control in a bunch of states. And it's only in certain states that they're doing things. Just yesterday, this is from the Floridian press. DeSantis continues to say no mas to illegal immigration, announcing a list of outlawed or invalid out-of-state driver's licenses that several states have issued to illegal aliens. According to a recent press release sent out by the Office of the Governor, as of July 1st, this was this week, driver's licenses issued from Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Rhode Island, and Vermont were banned because they did not live up to the new gold standard immigration reform agenda. And um, he said, someone who is in our country illegally and has violated our laws should not possess a government-issued ID which allows them access to state-funded services or other privileges. The Biden admin may continue to abdicate its responsibility to secure our border, but Florida will stand for the rule of law. So, again... It's not just he signed the bill, he's following through and implementing it. Um, 
There's some red states that even issue driver's licenses to illegals. But not only is Florida not issuing, but he's actually going to reject the reciprocity of other states that do. Results. Outcomes. And where do you see this? CBS, migrant workers said to be leaving Florida over new immigration law. Again, there are like eight or so states that officially have, mainly in the South, that do have some version of employment verification for immigration, but it's not enforced. Here they know it will. So the law took effect this week. And um, where is this? Yvette Cruz from the Farm Workers Association of Florida told CBS, we're hearing people are starting to leave. We're just going to keep seeing that more as the law will take effect. And um, they say, oh, it's terrible for the for the construction and farm workers. But it's a joke. He called their bluff. We're seeing actual outcomes. We talked about yesterday how in every state Republicans are like, oh, the Biden crime wave crime is terrible. It's terrible. And then rather than tightening the laws on juvenile criminals and probation and parole and bail and sentences and tightening three strikes and you're out to make it meaningful. They continue to pass more jailbreak bills. And you had two of them that almost unanimously, one unanimously, one almost unanimously by Florida Republicans to basically allow more expungement of records for career criminals that began as, as juveniles, which is really the worst criminals. That's how they begin. And then also another one basically downgrading the number of points that could be used to, to take into account sentencing and parole violations. You can't consider certain crimes for parole violations, which again, the, this is the crux, the fulcrum of what is causing the spike in crime. DeSantis vetoed his own party's bills. This is the third time he did that because he did it one time last year, another jailbreak bill. He also vetoed a electric vehicle mandate bill with you know state-based cars, state-funded cars for, I guess, the federal or state workforce. So putting points on the board. Another great program, they announced millions of dollars they handed out to teachers, a $3,000 bonus for taking a course on American civics. Now, normally, we don't like kind of like funding certain things, right? Just, just kind of keep it even. But as we've noted, you can't come into decades into a civilization war where the left is using the education system and public school teachers to turn things to the left. You have to, you have to turn that ship around. So I'm all for, I think that's a great program to you know, indoctrinate teachers into love for the founding and have them give it over to their students Pay them money to do it. This is accomplishing every single day what you don't see in other states. And yet it goes unnoticed. It's completely shadow banned from conservative media. That's what bothers me. You, you want to support Trump, support Trump. But that they won't even talk about the successes and use them as a baseline to say, we have a bunch of, you know, we have a bunch of red state governorships coming up. As I noted, Kentucky, Trump already endorsed this guy, Cameron, who is a Mitch McConnell staffer rhino. That's the best we could hope for in a state like Kentucky. You have 2024 governor's races coming up where you have, uh, you know, a number of red state seats that are up. Indiana, Missouri, Montana. New Hampshire is a swing state. You got North Carolina, North Dakota, Utah, West Virginia. I don't see a single person. Okay, well, well, what do we have here? One, two, three, four, seven states that Trump won. So reliable red states. And then New Hampshire, they have a you know Rhino governor now. It's a swing state. Seven states. I don't see a single DeSantis. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see one 
coming up there. That, that's the thing. I don't care about if you elect him for president. My point is, if you made that the baseline for, for governor in every red state, we'd have a different country. But we are not moving the ball forward. See, in many respects, I wonder, is, is Trump making our base stupid and conservative you know, influencers stupid? Or are they, are they already stupid and he's merely a reflection of them? Because, again, putting it aside, it's not like they're focusing on substance in any other sphere, whether it's primary elections, whether it's state legislation, federal legislation, budget bills, any other policy initiatives. Nothing. We are not moving the ball forward. So this is one record. Substance. We could have this. We could have this as president, but more importantly, as leader of the right, leader of the Republican Party, that would move us more in that direction. Or we could have the other half. And that's what I want to spend some time talking about. First, our sponsor today, Patriot Mobile. You know, every day the parallel economy is growing bigger and bigger. That is the good news. We are finding more options to to patronize organizations, companies that share our values for vital goods and services. It's powered by everyday Americans, Patriot Mobile. Uh, they're sick and tired over there of all the woke propaganda. Big mobile companies are no different. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, for years they've been dumping millions into leftist causes. And we had to take it because, you know, where else are you going to get your cell service? Not anymore. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. So again, you get the best possible service and coverage without the politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, by the way, you don't have to change your number or phone. You're sending a message that you actually support free speech, religious freedom, life, Second Amendment, or military, because they do at Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR. Or call 878-PATRIOT to make the switch today. Get free activation today with offer code CR. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Again, get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. So join the movement and switch like all of us have done. PatriotMobile.com slash CR. Or call their U.S.-based English-speaking customer service number. Really the only American, American wireless provider at 878-PATRIOT. I want, you to, I want you guys to take a listen to this clip of Trump at the South Carolina rally over the weekend introducing Lindsey Graham. Take a listen here. And again, Senator Lindsey Graham, who is really got... I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to work on these people. I'm going to have to. All right. <laughs> he's... he's He's there. He's there when you need him. He's there when you need him. I'm going to get him straightened up. Do you mind if I come here and campaign a little bit for you? He, I'll tell you what. He was one of my earliest endorsements right from the go, and I appreciate it very much. I appreciate it. All right. So you, you heard it. You know, Trump was promising to campaign for Lindsey Graham. Let's not forget that he endorsed him in 2018. If not for Trump, we could have very likely gotten him out in the primary. And this is what he's like. Yeah, yeah, he's not so bad. He grows on you. He's good. What the heck? People think he learned his lesson? And again, what does Lindsey bring to the table? Wherever you go, Rona McDaniel. You got Kevin McCarthy. And I'm telling you, he's going to endorse the Rhinos in the West Virginia and Montana Senate races. But I want to play for you, before we introduce Ken, a minute clip from a Trump supporter that I think, you know, you listen to him. He clearly kind of believes in what you and I believe in. I heart him. He would heart what we're saying. And I suspect he represents a lot of people out there. And I want to understand the psychology of it. I forget his name. He does have uh, no name. I just forgot it. He goes by DC Drano on Twitter. He has almost a million followers. So, you know, he's clearly got a lot of influence there. And he was speaking at some sort of forum put on by Florida's Voice, which has generally been a, an ally of DeSantis in Florida. 
take a listen to what why he says he's choosing Trump over DeSantis. I love DeSantis as governor. I think he's the best governor in the country. I think he's the best governor in America in decades. 2028 for president. 2028. I want President Trump to go in there for a few reasons. One, he knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows all the players. He knows how all the buttons and all the joysticks work. And now he's really, really pissed off. That's who I want. I want the guy with the most impeachments, the most indictments, the most investigations, because that is who the deep state fears the most. And the deep state is the biggest threat to the American people that exists right now. It's not Russia. It's not China. It is the bureaucracy in D.C. All right. So there you have it. He says DeSantis is the best governor, the best governor America has had in decades. He should run in 2028. But, but he said two things. A, Trump knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where the joysticks are, and he's really pissed off, so we'll get it done. And also, I want the guy who has the most impeachments, most indictments, most investigations. That's who the deep state fears. You know, I, 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 I don't want to dismiss it because I, I do suspect a lot of people have that sentiment. So again, one person is getting it done. One person never got it done. But he's being judged by what the left says better. Now, by the way, the DeSantis campaign put together a three-minute video of all these people saying DeSantis is actually a much more ruthless implementer of the policy they hate. But again, that's that's a little bit more subtle. What's evident to people for you know, eight years already is Trump. So it must mean he's going to get it done. It's, it's almost as if his presidency never occurred. He knows where the bodies are buried. By the way, did you know, and, and Jeffrey Tucker has a great piece on this at Brownstone. We've been talking a lot about DHS's CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's basically the agency that is tasked with spying on, on Americans. That was the agency that comes out in the lawsuit. They led the censorship on vaccine injury information. And really, it turns out that CISA is what directed the lockdown. They directed those policies of shutting down businesses. It was actually DHS, CISA. Now, believe it or not, even though DHS is a new department that should have never been created by our previous bad Republican president, George W. Bush, in 2004. But CISA was not always around. CISA was created by Trump in 2018, and then the Trump administration elevated it to this kind of chief martial law in America. And yet people are pointing to Trump as the man who, he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where the deep state is. Well, I guess maybe he does know because he turbocharged it. But it's like facts don't matter. There's there's two playing fields. There's the playing field of results and outcomes and one guy's running up the score. And then there's this fictional fantasy world where we judge everything by eight years worth of Democrat noise-making and media noise-making about Trump and indictments and impeachments, so I want that guy. I do think it's ridiculous. But on the other hand, I do think this guy, you know, shares our values. He said D.C. is a bigger threat than Russia and China. I agree with that. But you recognize, like, clearly he recognizes what DeSantis is doing. He's like, he's the best governor we've had in decades. So I, I, I don't get it. It's this psychology I want to break into, and that's where I want to bring on our special guest today. So Ken Cuccinelli doesn't need much of an intro to you guys. We've had him on before. He was Virginia Attorney General. Then he became acting USCIS Director, Deputy DHS Secretary under Trump. Pretty much, you know, 
that slow start on immigration we had under the Trump administration, barely getting anything done at the border, interior enforcement, and then we had that surge at the border. Uh, the few good things that were done in that administration on his signature promise was really because of Ken, and now he is supporting DeSantis. He founded the Super PAC, supporting DeSantis, uh, never back down. And he certainly is not backing down from his support. So I figured we'd bring him in to discuss and debate, play maybe devil's advocate on some of what's going on with the state of the campaign, the sentiment of Republican voters, and much more. Hey, Ken, it's really a pleasure to get you back here at Blaze Media again. Good to be with you. All righty. So I, I, I played this about a minute clip from this big influencer who lives in Florida. He's got a million followers. And, and you know, I, I, I could pull my hair out whenever I hear this, but at the end of the day, I do suspect there are a lot of people who feel this way and they are going to need to be convinced in order for for the governor to cross the finish line. And, and, and he basically says, look, DeSantis is the best governor. He's the best governor in America for decades and of any state. He should run in 2028. But at the end of the day, Trump knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where the joysticks are, how to get stuff done. And he's really pissed off now. I want the guy with the most impeachments, the most indictments, the most investigations, because that is who the deep state fears the most. What do you say about that? Well, look, I understand the over-emotional response. But, you know, come on, folks, use your brain. Um, think he knows where all the bodies are buried. He knew where all the bodies were buried last time before he was even sworn in. You remember he was campaigned saying, I'm going to get a special prosecutor for Hillary Clinton. And literally in December of 2016 at a rally, he saying, no, we're not going to, we're not going to prosecute Hillary and bill. They're nice people. I don't want to, And he actually said, look, that was great for the election, but we don't need it now. And of course, we all know he said that. So what else is he saying just for the election? And and mind you, folks, he doesn't have now a reelect behind him after 2024 uh, for him to really care about what we think. And if you remember all the gun grabbing he was willing to do and all those other kinds of things, buckle up, get used to it. He knew where the bodies were buried. He abandoned going after them before he even took office. And don't give me this. Now he's really mad crud. How silly is that? Look, as you noted, we got most of the things done on border security under Trump in the year and a half that I was there. Um, now I was part of a team. It was also when Mark Morgan was there, it was, you know, Mark was critical over at CBP. So, but he had, Trump had supported an amnesty bill by Paul Ryan before that. Um, and that had to have to be fought off. Um, it was, it was really pretty disastrous. So, Fast forward to 2020, when I'm dealing as the deputy secretary at DHS with the riots all across the country, we could not get the FBI to send more than like two agents. They sent two agents to Portland, and we had 340 officer injuries in the summer of 2020, just in Portland, just in Portland. And the president, he didn't even push them to send more people. They're part of the executive branch. He could have ordered them to send a hundred agents out there. He could have ordered them to run investigations on the funding behind the rioting across the country. And he refused to do it. Folks, he knew where the bodies were buried when he was president and he refused to move on it. The deep state does not fear Trump the most. Look at who the mainstream media is going after the most. It's DeSantis. They know this is a guy who prepares, decides, and follows through. President Trump would, 
usually make good decisions. And I was excited about some of those decisions. But man, his follow, I'll give you an example of poor follow through, and which is why the deep state doesn't fear him at all, really. Uh, so I finally, uh, I, I spent a while talking to the president, and by that I mean over a period of weeks and months, about H-1B visa holders. And you know about this, Daniel, your listeners may not. These are the high-tech visas that, as far as I'm concerned, displace middle-class American workers at tech companies. And in other they're, words, they're not rocket scientists. They're, they're basic no, computer no, jobs, basic accountants. Work. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this whole program was started as somehow we'd get super special people we couldn't get any other way. That's a load of crud. And they just displace middle-class American workers. But they don't pay Social Security or Medicare taxes. So they literally cost a company 15% less to hire than an American. And I eventually convinced President Trump that we should fix this. So here is his follow through once he decided we should fix this. He said, Ken, call Mnuchin and tell him to do it. So Mnuchin was the Secretary of the Treasury, or as we unaffectionately called him in the administration, President Mnuchin. I couldn't even get him on the phone. He wouldn't answer my calls. It was hard enough to get the deputy secretary of the Department of Treasury because they believe they're their own little kingdom. And they didn't lift a finger, which I reported back dutifully to President Trump. And he did absolutely nothing about it. So, you know, the deep state knows he's all talk. He called me the day after. You remember when that Mormon family was slaughtered in northern Mexico? Yes. He and I had a vehement, by which I mean vehement agreement, conversation right after that happened. Um, because I had been advocating um, within the administration for specific things to be more aggressive in our stance about the cartels. And yeah, 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 let's do it. So that was the catalyst, right? Um, all of the folks I told him would resist, resisted, and he didn't lift a finger to change it. So if you want proof, look at the, what our stance was toward the cartels. There was literally nothing any different at any point in the Trump administration. And, you know, your viral Florida guy, I challenge him to defy that. And if his answer is, oh, but now he's really mad, I can attest to you that the president was really mad when those Americans were killed. And he didn't actually do anything except spout off about it. There's Whoa. a reason I'm supporting Ron DeSantis for president. And it isn't just because he's the greatest governor we've had. He is the greatest chief executive we've had. So I'm sweeping presidents in there in a very long time, perhaps our lifetimes, perhaps our lifetimes. And that's what we need in the presidential office. If you really want to clear out the deep state, bring in the guy who's done it in Florida who doesn't just talk about it and then a month after the election say, look, that was just for campaigning. And there's just no reason to think Trump's going to be any different this time. You know, I, I want to flesh this out because you've you've provided information I think other people have not brought up. There's a certain fork in the road where I think you differ from others. I know some other people <clears throat> who've worked in the <clears throat> administration and <clears throat> they had those same conversations. <clears throat> and they came away with the opposite conclusion because they they were really good conversations and they genuinely were like, wow, we finally have a president talking like this. This is awesome because I think we know where he stood on the cartels. There's no doubt he thought it was. Yeah, a but unlike those people, I don't measure success on conversations. I measure it in changed activity. And <laughs> look, the fundamental role of an executive whether it's the deputy secretary of the Department of Homeland Security or more importantly, the president is to make decisions and to hold people accountable that work for you, by the way, 
to implementing those decisions. And the president often would eventually make good decisions, but he was woefully inadequate at follow through. It's all showmanship, folks. It's all showmanship. And there is no, nobody compares to Donald Trump in showmanship, but nobody compares to Ron DeSantis in actually implementing the things he says he's going to do. So if you want to hear a good show, go Donald Trump. If you want to see the policies implemented, go Ron DeSantis. See, this is what's so frustrating because how many people, Daniel, how many people are with Donald Trump who were there at the beginning? One, Steve uh, Stepanovich, I forget his exact name, who leads the way for him in New Hampshire. That's it. That's it. Where well, Lin- Lindsey Graham is still there. <laughs> where are all his cabinet secretaries saying he did such an amazing job that we need him again? Where are they? Where are they? This is so unnatural, folks. The people who know, know he didn't do a very good job. Frequently, the decisions he made were good, setting COVID aside, which they were all, they were pretty much horrible from March 2020 on. Um, And he sticks with them, by the way. So if it happened again, he'd do it again. Um, But But his implementation, his follow through, his preparation was terrible. Look, and I'll give you an example on the other side, the the preparation. He lost a debate to Joe Biden. How do you lose a debate (laughs) to Joe Biden? You have no self-control. You do no worthwhile preparation. And you roll in there and you don't let Joe Biden talk because you don't have any idea how to beat him. And people don't have to believe me. Instead of watching a one-minute viral Twitter, folks, go back, if you can stomach it, and watch the first presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Donald Trump utterly defeated Donald Trump in that debate. Joe Biden came out the winner of that debate, and voting began right around there in, in most of the country. Yep, we we don't have election day. I mean, it starts much earlier. That's an important yeah. point. I yeah. also like the the point you made about that is for elections. I forgot he said that with locking up Hillary because he recently said that at the CNN town hall with the debt ceiling. With and and that's what's important. These leverage points is present budget bills, must pass bills. I will not sign this so supposed must pass bill unless it has or doesn't have these provisions. And as president. Exactly. So as president, he said, you know, he he signed, uh, you know, free debt ceilings. And this really undermined our leverage this time because the Democrats are saying, wait, you never had a problem before this. All the Republicans rolled over. And when Trump was asked about it, it he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we we shouldn't raise the debt ceiling. And they said, well, you did it. And he said something to the effect of, well, that was when I was president. Now I'm not. And that really rings true. I'm also a little bit disturbed by what you're saying. See, you know, if you were to tell me you think he was a squish back then, so then you could say, yeah, he's really ticked off, he's hardened up. You know, because a lot of us have have seen things have changed, um, whether it's our views on foreign affairs, whether it's you know what we're seeing in Ukraine. Maybe some people got bought into it, whether it's COVID. Some people might have got bought into it. People are changing their views on vaccines. There's a lot of things that we are learning about in a world that – you know, even people like myself, who was cynical of government, couldn't have imagined a few years ago. But what, I, what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, yes, in private conversations, Trump was very based. I mean, he was, yeah, this is horrible. We need to do something about it. H-1B sucks. I'm law and order. Let's take care of that. And he would agree with you. It's not like he would debate you. He would agree with you, but somehow it wouldn't get done. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, so every time he... So, you know, I, I love every time DeSantis comes out with something, Trump ties to one up. And the problem with Trump's one upsmanship is why didn't you do it when you were president? Why didn't you do it when you were president? There are no excuses. You had two years of Republican Congress. Um, all it, the only thing done there was tax cuts, a, you know, classic establishment business yep. um, goal. Whoopie did to do. Um, look, he did a good job. Um, slowing down the regulatory growth, which I think was 
uh, pretty important. Um, but he didn't, he didn't even try to fulfill a lot of these promises. He didn't even try. And on H1B, when I got him back to it, um, like I said, his follow through is, hey, Ken, call the secretary of the treasury and tell him to do it. Okay, yeah. That, and, you know, as, as we say, we now know how that was going to go, but I knew how that was going to go when he told me. You're touching on another issue, too, that I've noticed is that it was like the Hunger Games. His admin was like the Hunger Games. He would sit sit by and, and allow people to fight with each other. So it's like, Ken, I agree with you. Go fight it out with Steve. Yeah, but why is Steve in charge of the administration? Why is he the Treasury Secretary when he's the antithesis to everything you campaigned on? Like, he negotiated every bad omnibus bill Um you know, under the Trump administration, which is really why he failed on the border and many other policies. And well, you know, and we on, saw this with Scott Atlas, manual, too. Yeah, if I if I understand correctly, and I'm not necessarily gospel on this, um, Trump and Mnuchin dined frequently. He had more time with Mnuchin than any other major, um, than any other cabinet secretary by far, I don't even think it was close. So, um, you know, that, that's who he opened the door to. That's who he spent his time with. And, um, you know, it was reflected in what we did and more importantly, what we did not do. You know, one of the things I, I think that is fooling a lot of voters is that Trump takes both sides of any issue at any given time. So it's the kind of right-wing things that get more of the play. So people think, oh, you know, he's right-wing and it elicits, it elicits a reaction from the left. And likewise with personnel, he did appoint some good people. But the problem is he also had a lot of bad people, and it always seemed to be the bad people winning out. So like with COVID, Scott Atlas got his start here at The Blaze. We, I had him on, Steve Dace had him on, Glenn Beck had him on, and then Fox picked him up, and then Trump saw him on Fox. So Trump brought him in. But the problem is the policies didn't change because it was like, hey, Scott, go fight it out with Tony and Debbie. Is that what you saw in general yeah. throughout the administration? Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that. That's very consistent with uh, how it operated elsewhere. I mean, where I appreciated the ability to fight it out was when we were all in the room in the Oval Office and we were finalizing a policy. Um, he would let us have it out. Um, and, um, you know, in a way that no Bush ever would have allowed to go on in the Oval Office. Um, and, and he'd let you argue with him. So, you know, because I think he understood that at least somebody like me understood he was the president and I was not. And, um, and that at the end of the day, the president's decision was going to rule the roost. But there were a lot of other people in the room who, frankly, like Mnuchin, weren't operating that way. If Mnuchin didn't like the decision, he didn't implement it. <laughs> and Trump, you know, don't tell me he knows where the bodies are buried. When it's your secretary of the treasury, you don't have to look very hard. <laughs> you hired him. He hired him. And he let him run a good chunk of the administration yeah. and block many of the working man's goals that might have otherwise been accomplished. And that that's very motivating for me. Um, you know, he hired Mnuchin. He hired Mark Milley. He hired Christopher Ray. He hired Reince Priebus. He hired Omarosa. And the list goes on and on, please. And I'm with dear friends who I respect a lot. I'm hearing people say, oh, he was duped by this person and that person. If he was duped by that many people, he'd be pretty stupid. And the fact is, I've dealt with him. Donald Trump is not stupid. He's not stupid. Um, he let these people run his administration. And Why? I don't want to. That's not what I want in a presidency. And by the way, we also get with Donald Trump in 24, we get the most liberal president in the history of the United States in 2028. Don't give me this. Don't give me this. Um, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis, 2028 malarkey no. in that video you pointed out. We the snapback. We lose the house. The snapback will be crazy. Lose, oh, yeah. No. Look, there's a reason that DeSantis has more than three times as many Iowa state legislators supporting him this early 
that Ted Cruz had when he won the Iowa caucuses, 37 to 12. And the same is true up in New Hampshire, because they know everybody out in the states knows the carnage that Donald Trump brings down ticket. Look, folks, you may want to elect Donald Trump, but you have to give up the House to do it because we lose the House with him at the top of the ticket. We'll still win the Senate because it's a good map in 24. But we then promptly lose the Senate in 26. It gets worse in 28. And in 28, as I said, you also get the most liberal president you've ever had in history. And you'll then be on the verge of a 60 Democrat Senate. Um, It'll be deadly dangerous for us come 28. It's like the Iran nuclear deal. Even if you believe it bought us 10 years of a non-nuclear Iran, it guaranteed you a nuclear Iran at the end of 10 years. So you may yeah. you may like what you get in 2025, but by golly, what it gets you in 2029 will wipe that out. And we know how impermanent the work Donald Trump does is. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that is a pretty depressing view of it. So then let me ask no, it's you. It's only depressing because we're six months out from the first vote. And the truth of the matter is, for for the unbelievable beating that Ron DeSantis is taking um, from the mainstream media, in addition to Trump, who has spent his super PAC spent more money on negative ads on Ron DeSantis than they spent supporting all of the Donald Trump endorsed candidates in 2022, who were such a pack of losers by and large. But but here's here's the question that that I can't figure out. Um, his record is very well known. I mean, maybe not the details that you and I know, but people like him among Republican primary voters. They like the governor. Um, he was actually hypothetically even winning in some polls at the beginning of the year, late last year, when you had these matchups. But then suddenly it changed, Who's and then he? Trump surged. Trump surged ahead of DeSantis, and then. Oh. And then, you know, everyone figured, well, you know, people weren't sure he was going to run. But now that the governor is running, what is uh, why? Why, on the one hand, are the governor's favorability ratings pretty good among the voters, the voters like him? Yeah, yeah um, it, it clearly hasn't. The negative campaigning hasn't worked to drive up his negatives, but still they're opting for Trump. Uh, well, there is a certain, uh, for, first of all, you remember in 2016, it was socially unacceptable to tell a pollster you were supporting Trump, right? So, so he dramatically underpolled. Well, now in a Republican primary, it's socially unacceptable to say you're not. So there is, uh, my own view is there is some of that opposite in our community, the Republican community, um, effect going on. And the Dems are egging this on with their BS indictments. It's natural to rally to the underdog. And in those circumstances, that is Trump. Um, neither of the indictments filed so far should have been filed. I mean, the one in New York was is made up. It'll be gone, I would think, by the end of the year. Um, because he had to literally make up a legal theory to charge Trump. Um, Unfortunately, the the federal one is uh, more real and um, and it goes beyond like the Hillary stuff because, you know, Trump was lying to his lawyers to get them to lie to the government and doing things like that, that uh, nobody else before him had ever done. So he's really given them a lot. By the way, look, I'm a former state attorney general. They still shouldn't have filed this indictment because of the double standard involved and, um, and, and what it does to our country, but don't kid yourself that, um, that it isn't real. That being said in the political arena, you know, it, 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 we, it's politically strangely enough beneficial to him. Yes. Um, that's what um, concerns me. Well, it, it, it should concern you. Um, honestly, if you want to make sure that Donald Trump is, uh, comes out of this all cleanly at the federal level, anyway, your best shot is to elect Ron DeSantis. Um, and I'm, I'm confident I, I don't have any special info, but that after he considers the whole thing, he'd just pardon him. 
um, if for no other reason than balance. But let's not kid ourselves. Part of this double standard is the fact that Donald Trump got in the way of the law enforcement process actually going after the other side. He stopped it um, as because he was protecting his fellow establishment buddies, and he is an establishment guy. He never, never, never crossed Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, or Mitch McConnell. Never. And even Mitch McConnell, people forget, you know, he he endorsed him that preempted hour ability him. <clears throat> to go after him. In, Just in like 20. he endorsed John McCain yeah. and Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan for speaker. And this year, Kevin McCarthy for speaker. When that when that was still in question, he is unconventional. He is not anti-establishment. He is. So if which goes back to your deep state peers, you know, if you're an establishment protector and Trump is, you're not going to go, you're not really going to get after the deep state. And I'm sorry for people who just don't want to believe that about Donald Trump. All he's ever going to do is throw temper tantrums that look good to those of us who are angry at the deep state. It's that, that's all it is. He just throw. It, it's like the phone call the president and I had after those Mormons were killed in Northern Mexico. He was sincerely angry. He yes. was upset. Um, and, um, and he, and I had a plan for how to deal with it. And I was fighting a good chunk of the rest of the administration on that, much of which I can't talk about, but, but um, the concept of fighting everybody else is not, I don't think uh, particularly revealing. Um, and he gave me no backup. He just vented. He was angry. He sincerely expressed his anger and he didn't do squat about it. And nothing changed. You know, in many respects, it reminds me of Mitch McConnell himself. If you ever hear Mitch McConnell talk during a big Senate legislative fight, he sounds like he's divorced from it. Like, not that he's the GOP leader or the general in the battle, but he's like a Fox commentator. Well, we're going to hold some cloture votes. We'll see what happens here. Like, like wait, what? Well, what do you believe? You know, why don't you, you put your finger on the scale? And I think that is the confusion here. Um, and he's really going to up the rhetoric. You know, I'm going to get rid of birthright citizenship. I'm going to have the biggest deportations ever. He's going to keep doing that. And, you know, the challenge is going to be to remind people that, believe it or not, he did serve a term as president. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, when you hear him say, you know, I've gone back through so many of his not, not just failed promises because people got in the way, but because he didn't, he didn't pursue them, whether it was ethics stuff like lifetime ban on white house officials lobbying for foreign government. He didn't do that. Um, he didn't, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't lower the deficit. He said, I'm going to lower the deficit. I'm going to lower the debt. I'm going to get rid of the debt. Um, you know, I'm at all of these things. Um, you know, I'm going to grow the economy 4% a year. Well, that was always silly and it didn't happen. Um, and, um, you know, the things he said he would do about school choice, he didn't do. He didn't eliminate common core, which he said he would do. He, the H1B visas you and I already talked about, he didn't do, um, you know, he didn't really make a hard run at removing illegals who were already here. They all the noise and success was on the border itself, but um, the removal rate was well below Obama. Obama removed people faster than Donald Trump. Let me say that again. Obama removed illegals faster than Donald Trump. He never pursued ending birthright citizenship, which he said he would do. He's saying it again, by the way. He said it. He's saying it again. Um, he, no mandatory minimum for people reentering the United States. He said he would do that. Um, you know, just one thing after another. Um, increase visa fees. Something nice and simple. 
<laughs> he didn't do that. And I ran you, as you know, I ran the legal immigration agency before I was the deputy secretary. That's USCIS, United States Citizenship Immigration Services. And he didn't do that. He didn't let us do that. That never happened. Um, Why? And, uh, Here's my... I'm Ken, I'm trying to understand... You say that heart-to-heart, man-to-man, he does believe in the... Now, there's certain things he he's not in sync with us, and you know I have a lot of issues with the homosexual agenda and what I'm seeing with Rick Greenell and, and, and Bruce Jenner and all that stuff going on yeah, there, and that, I know... That should, that, should, that should tell you who's, who's on the right side of that, DeSantis, and that is the biggest spiritual and cultural battle of our day. Yeah, and, and I've, I did a whole show on that yesterday. I'm very disturbed by that. But on the things we're talking about, kind of crime, immigration... Uh, you know, I, I think genuinely his heart is in the right place. So my question is, why? Why was there no follow through? Is it personnel? Is it laziness? Um, well, this is one of the problems with not having a core set of beliefs. And I, <laughs> I, I no, no, no. I just say that with all observation. D- Donald Trump never claimed to be a conservative. He said, I will do these things. And, you know, he's known for having done some of them. We've got decent Supreme Court justices, and we had more effort on the border than before, than ever before. But those things, uh, the, 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 the border effort really took to the very end of his administration, things he could have done much sooner. But there were a lot, he, he just says stuff, folks. I will balance the federal budget quote, fairly quickly. Yeah, right. (laughs) Instead, he grew it more than anyone in history. And please don't blame COVID on that. Yeah, that that was was before COVID. He blew that well before COVID. Um, You know, he he campaigned basically saying he'd support the penny plan, which is a regular budget amendment that Rand Paul puts in. He didn't do that. Why? Because Mitch McConnell didn't want him to do it. Mitch McConnell, folks, that's who you get in the Senate with Donald Trump in the White House. And by the way, you get less senators, too, because he's easy for the other side to run against. Um, And I mean, it's just one thing after another. Um, And uh, as somebody who is genuinely concerned about the budget, about um, the fact that we may be mathematically beyond our ability to pay ourselves out of this whole um, one of the things I do is I'm on the board of Federal Sustainab- Fiscal Sustainability Foundation, which is, you know, what used to be called a balanced budget, but it would probably be something more like an amendment that ties the amount of spending to a level of GDP so that we can manage the debt, but something that we can get our arms around. And um, uh, so I, I take this stuff very, very seriously. And, um, you know, and, and the president hasn't been good on these things. And I've been up close to see it very personally. Um, and, um, you know, I know enough to know that he's not going to clean out the deep state. He knew where the bodies were buried, to use that viral video. He knew where the, bo- the bodies were buried. They weren't hidden. It's one of the beauties of the deep state. They do it all out right out in the friggin' open. And he added to the deep state with the people he hired. He hired Mnuchin. He hired Mark Milley, you know, and Rex Tillerson. And he complains about John Mattis. And if you have Donald Trump's foreign policy, why on earth do you hire John Bolton to head your National Security Council? Come on, Uh, folks. I don't know. Maybe Lindsey Graham told him. I mean, it's hard. That's right. But then don't blame Don't absolve Donald Trump from being blamed because he was duped by Lindsey Graham. Blame Donald Trump for being duped by Lindsey Graham. You know, (laughs) he's the president. Um, And, um, you know, just it was just a very there were so many disappointments. If it was also Donald Trump, but um, it's so destructive. And the path he puts us on as our nominee is truly a, a terrible one, losing the House, as we will, in 24. And, you know, I mentioned those state legislators. The carnage in state elections will be truly monumental. Um, and, um, 
you know, we're seeing what the radical left is electing at every level of government. That's who takes over, folks. Yep. That's who 2018. takes over. 2018 was watershed. The, I mean, you know this from, from being in Virginia. The, the t- 2018 was an entirely new level of Democrat that was elected. I mean, this is all the just the green, the green stuff, the banning, you know, banning cops, banning bags, craziness, the transgender stuff. That was really turbocharged because I've seen it. It used to be kind of maybe the most extreme jurisdictions in 2018. Any jurisdiction Dems took over, and that included sometimes light red areas. They they were taken over by the wild eyed nutty. Yeah, these Democrats. are not. Yeah, these are not your grandparents' Democrats. The way I say it is that you know back in Reagan's era, he and Tip O'Neill didn't necessarily agree on a ton of things, um, but they did agree that America was the greatest country in the history of the world, and that um, and that the Constitution was the greatest foundation ever for. Uh, a country anywhere in the world. And um, those are not majority positions in the Democrat caucus today. No, nope, they just aren't for sure. Um, so, and we cannot, we cannot afford this. We cannot afford to just throw it away for nothing. Um, especially after you've just made the case that it's not even like you would get, there's one thing if you have a really polarizing guy, but you get some good things, uh, intermittently, none of them are enduring. You get a lot of negative things as well. We already see he has not cleaned out his personnel, uh, even, even now with this reawakening and he's really pissed off. So this is certainly the case from the right that we haven't been able to cleanly make because of all of the noise, but it's true nonetheless, and I appreciate you coming on and making it. Where could people get involved with the Super PAC if they are interested in one of these early states or or maybe even Super Tuesday state? So the first thing they should do is just donate to the DeSantis campaign at rondesantis.com. But um, I lead a Super PAC. We, we don't... we our interaction with the campaign has to be legally very limited. We can run events and other things, but people can find out more about us at neverbackdown.org. Um, and we are door knocking in more than the first four States. Actually, we have knocked on over 500,000 doors and um, no campaign or PAC has, has done that. We're the only ones talking one voter to one voter at a time. And um, as somebody who's been outspent substantially over the years in my five campaigns, I know how important having that personal contact is. Um, And we have a candidate with an incredible work ethic and the best track record of any chief executive, president or governor, um, perhaps in our lifetimes Um, and without exception, really. Um, And, uh, you know, what we get with him is we expand our majority in the House We win the presidency. We will win the Senate, regardless of who the nominee is this go around. But in 2026, we'll be able to hold it with a DeSantis as president and keep getting good appointments and getting things through Congress, um, which Trump, frankly, as I said, just rolled over for Paul Ryan. Uh, I'll remind folks that Ron DeSantis was one of nine founders of the Freedom Caucus in Congress. And um, so he is no Kevin McCarthy go along like Donald Trump is. Um, Actually, fun fact, he actually supported Raul Labrador, who's now attorney general of uh, Idaho. Yeah. Um, in his challenge against McCarthy for majority leader, people forget Eric Cantor was defeated, and they're like, hey, let's have the lower IQ version of him be elevated rather than learning the lesson that the voters were sending them. So they elevated him from whip to majority leader. Labrador had a, you know, just kind of a Hail Mary uh, run against him. DeSantis well, right, but they also him. did that as a snap election, so it'd be hard to organize against. And, and so people understand your comment, the lesson from voters... Eric Kanner lost his June 10th, 2014 primary to Dave Bratt. And um, by 12 points after his pollster told him he was going to win by 33. Isn't so, that Trump's pollster? Uh, McLaughlin, McLaughlin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, McLaughlin. So, and uh, good memory. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, full but, circle. Yeah, you know, so 
One of these guys has opposed Kevin McCarthy, that being Ron DeSantis. And um, one of them, Donald Trump, has cleared the way for Kevin McCarthy. And um, just as he did Paul Ryan, John McCain and Mitt Romney. Um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty ugly to look at Trump's political endorsements before he left the White House. Even since he's left the White House, they're nothing to brag about. Um, you Actually, know, the banned- best one was DeSantis. <laughs> I mean, the one he regrets. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, no, his, fe- his, federal, his federal endorsements were universally wrong, with the exception of Mark Meadows' district. Ironically, in that, nomine- that endorsee didn't win. We got Cawthorn instead, who was a literally a rolling disaster. Um, and um, but uh, but all of his federal endorsements were terrible, and they were whoever McCarthy, Ryan, and McConnell wanted him to endorse. That's more or less how he decided, and he just sort of thought they'd all give him fealty. And he has had no idea how Washington works. He was completely manipulated by those folks, including, by the way, Schumer and Feinstein. You think of the gun grabbing that he was willing to do. Yeah, Yeah, I say we take the guns first and then we'll do due process. You remember that quote? That's on video, folks. That is Donald J. Trump. Uh, We'll just take the guns and then we'll do the due process. Donald well, we J. had expanded Trump. expanded fixed nicks, but not reciprocity in the states under his tenure, even with the which trifecta. He also we all promised, we... which he had also promised and yep. didn't deliver. By the way, he also promised to allow soldiers. He's very strong on this, in fact, to soldiers to carry arms on American bases, and even after Pensacola, which was you know right before COVID, December twenty nineteen. Uh, which cried out for this reform, the fact that you could be a sitting duck so we bring in the Saudis to train on our own soil and then denude our soldiers of their arms. So both of those policies need to change. And Mark Esper, another another beauty, his, his defense secretary, uh, doubled down on the – actually doubled the Saudi program of trainees and then – they said, no, the base commanders need to decide, and all the base commanders were woke, uh, even though he promised to clean them out because he said in 2016 that our generals have been reduced to rubble, and he was absolutely right about that, but then elevated them to civilian posts. And that's just the way it is. I mean, it's inconvenient. My colleagues don't want to talk about it, but we will, and I'm glad that you have enlightened us in a way that few others really can um, you have no motive other than to accomplish things, and I think it it shines through. So I appreciate none of you giving us so me. much time. I don't, I don't, I I actually am personally closer to Trump than I'm not personally close to DeSantis, um, and and um, I'm just doing this because it's in my view far and away the best decision for America going forward. We have a real opportunity with somebody who's demonstrated an ability to defeat the deep state. Um, including higher ed, by the way, which is like the ultimate test in states. He's the only person to have done what he has done to, to roll back the higher ed radicalness, he being DeSantis in Florida. And he's had four of the largest media markets up in his grill for five years. He's never made a mistake. Um, and here's my prediction. Donald Trump lost a debate to Joe Biden. Joe Biden will not even debate Ron DeSantis if he's the nominee. They will call him mean or a bigot or something, and they will say he's not worthy of debating. They will come up with some crap to not debate him because it would be the greatest slaughter in the history of presidential debates. No, it would. The the minute you don't have the distraction, if it's all about the issues, there's no way he could stand, even if he were lucid. And certainly with his cognitive issues, there's no way that could go. And look, we're out of time. I can go on and on with this education stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. But it's not just that he flushed it. He made the Department of Education for the first time a force for good. He imbues our values. He just paid teachers $3,000 to take a seminar on on civics, on our values, um, because that's really what you need to do. You need to steer the wheel back. You can't even be neutral um, to to get to a point of neutrality. And that's where like the Chris Christie's and the Mike Pence's and Nikki Haley's of the world who say, oh, what you're doing isn't conservative. That's just wrong. Um, we, have to, we have to drag our governmental institutions back to, the, to a neutral center. And that takes effort to pull them back, just yeah. like you just said. But it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. 
Awesome. Take care. God bless. So, folks, I know we went long there. Um, a lot to digest from Ken Cuccinelli. Again, this is the type of case only he can make. He was there firsthand. I, and I, I worked with him on immigration issues at the time. We so badly wanted outcomes. I mean, that's all he cared about. He wasn't trying to make a name for himself. And, and he actually is right. I mean, he really doesn't have that much to do with DeSantis, doesn't even know him that much personally, but set up the super PAC because he cares about out outcomes. I would just argue one other thing. He talks about, you know, the slaughter down ballot. To me, it's not just R versus D, but it's the primaries. It will help elevate people like that. Right now, you have a paradigm of either McConnell or Trump. You don't have anyone that will actually accomplish anything. So the down-the-ballot Republican candidates in primaries reflect that false and destructive and counterproductive uh, you know, choice. We need to move beyond that. Let me know if you have questions for Ken. Daniel Hurwitz at SmartMelt.com is the email. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.